0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Ministry Mashup. My name is Mark Jackson, and I thank you for tuning in to the podcast today. This is a podcast where we talk all things ministry, church, and everything through the eyes of a pastor. It's going to be a great episode today, so don't go away. Make sure you stay tuned in, and let's get started. Well, again, thank you for tuning in to the Ministry Mashup. I am Mark Jackson, and it is a pleasure for you tuning in. Pleasure to be with you. Um, Welcome to 2021. This is my first podcast of the new year. Uh, I have been meaning to record uh, in the month of January. I wanted to try to do two episodes a month to have 24 episodes for the year. Sometimes, though, things that uh, occur in ministry do not allow us that time. And so, with that said, here we are. It is February the 8th at the time of the recording today, and this is the Ministry Mashup. Again, I'm so thankful that you tuned in today. And we're going to start off the new year by talking about an interesting topic that I think a lot of us, especially us in ministry, would really like to know how to deal with, Um, especially us guys as pastors that are new in ministry or are experiencing a new call to ministry or or, uh, we are needing to transition. And so that's what we're going to talk about today, Ministry Transitions. That's the title of our podcast today, and it will be the title of our podcast over the next two recordings. And the reason for that is this all is encompassing. And so, there's really too much to handle uh, in one episode. So, we're going to try to do this in three episodes. And uh, that'll give us lots of content for the month of February. And then we'll move into March and we'll move to the next topic. And so, uh, but we start off today in this podcast, Ministry Transitions Part One. So, just leave it at that. You know, in our lives as pastors and in the life of a pastor, and as my life has been in as as a pastor in ministry, sometimes there comes a time to transition. Um, Some of us have the pleasure of being able to stay in a place for a long time, a long period of time. Some of us have the blessing of being able to, to move. Um, They they are blessings, but yet they can also be curses. Um, You know what you're thinking, Mark? How can they be curses? That's crazy. How can it be a cursed transition or to be in a place of service in a church for a long period of time? Well, uh, you could be stuck. There there could be a way that your church is something that your church is dealing with, and you just you 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 want to leave. You feel like it would be best for your family to leave, but you know God is not done with you, and, and you feel it within your heart. You're convicted to stay in that church until the problem is resolved. Um, or you feel a calling to that community, and you really don't want to leave the community. It would be best probably if you did move on to another church for yourself and your family, but you feel like the community is where you're most needed or where you can make the most impact where you're planted. And that's great. I think I've always thought that that a pastor that can spend a long period of time, and I say a long period of time in ministry, anywhere from five to seven years, um, because in ministry there is a, a transition time frame that is very quite frequent. Um, and that that sounded silly when I said that, but it's very frequent. Um, Sometimes it's not meant to be frequent. Sometimes there are there there are a lot of factors that go into this, and so most pastors today um, spend anywhere from two to um, anywhere from two to five years in their setting in their pastorate. Uh, sometimes it's less. To be honest with you, sometimes it's less than two years. Um, and and there, again, there's a lot of factors in that. But a pastor that stays in a in their place that they have been called, if they are there for a long time, it's really doing part of the connections that they have and the ministry that they've been able been able to build and the relationships that they have built. And uh, they really feel strongly about planting down, rooting down and planting their feet and, and really getting involved in the community to stay for a long period of time. And and I'm so thankful for those pastors that do that. I'm thankful for them that show that to show us that example that we can be planted firmly where we are and serve and devote our lives to a community for a long period of time. And I think more of us need to learn from that and live in that. Um, including myself. I, I, I want to be a pastor and in a community and impact a community for a long period of time. Um, not for myself or for self-glory, but simply for the Lord, and to really to have a sense of belonging. If you want to be honest, sometimes when a pastor has transitioned a lot, and personally speaking from this is in experience, you while you have made connections and network and and so on and so forth around the state or even around the country and where you have served, sometimes you just don't feel like you have been able to belong or be part of a community that you were once in. And so it has always been my goal to stay as long as possible. Um, and that is a that is a mindset that we all should have to stay as long as possible and as the Lord allows. because in the end of it all, at the end of the day, we are all called by God to serve the church. And in our service to the church, we must go where the Lord calls us. We must go to a church where he desires us to go, and we must leave a church when he desires us to leave. Um, it's hard. Sometimes we don't understand why we make transitions when things were just, just okay, which everything was just fine, no, no problems. Sometimes we wonder why we ended up in the place we were in, which we transitioned from. And we say, Lord, why did I go there? That was just such a terrible place. Um, The reality is, is we're dealing with sinful people trying to serve the perfect Savior. And no one's perfect, even ourselves. And um, ministry transitions uh, can be difficult. They can be easy. They can be sad occasions, joyous occasions. Um, there's there's many emotions that deal with it all that that are involved in transitions in ministry. Again, but the most important thing of all in all of it is that it is something that God has led you to. Um, Ecclesiastes three one says, "To everything there is a season." Um, we all have a season in our lives of ministry that we go to a church and we leave a church, and that time frame is really dependent on the Lord's sovereign will, on His plan for your life, and your ministry, and for that church. Um, I have transitioned several times in my ministry. Um, there's a couple times where I should not have transitioned. I'll just be playing with you, um, that I was seeking my own will. Um, one specifically that that I know for a fact that should not have happened. Um, at the same time, I'm thankful that I have been able to transition the, this as many times as I have because now I have experience to share with you. Through this podcast, I have experience to share with you that that you can learn from my mistakes, and even from my successes and transitions. Yes, there is success in transition, um, because the people you talk to, in, in the church that you're talking to to go to that church, there there has to be an understanding between you both, and uh, so they can communicate to the church who you are and. Why you're coming, and why they're calling you, and 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 also so that you can know the church that you're going to. All those things are important, and we'll talk about in the next podcast uh, uh, when it, how to talk to a search committee and and those things that are important. But I want to really stick with the transitional part and the things that lead up to a transition in this podcast. Uh, so some of this may be a little boring. <laughs> As we talk to, through this, but hang with me and, and I want you to learn. I want us to learn together as you listen through this podcast. And um, it's important to understand how we transition in ministry and how to do so successfully and to learn from even failures in transitions. So let's dive into this, shall we? Um, let's dive in. So ministry transitions, um, you know, ministry transitions are simply defined as changes in ministry Uh, and maybe even a ministry type or a place of service or even a status, uh, for instance, people transition, uh, in ministry for retirement, uh, pastors do. And so in the sense of us, we're not necessarily talking about retirement. I'm not at retirement status yet. And, uh, I have several years to go for that. Um, and and also too, I have not transitioned into denominational service, um, so, but I have served, I have served in a um, bivocationally somewhat in denominational service alongside of another ministry position. Um, and so there are different ministry transitions, there are different types of it. Uh, the typical ministry transitions that pastors undergo that you may know as you listen to the podcast is from bivocational to full-time vocational ministry, uh, from one church to another. Uh, from one ministry position to another. Um, now sometimes that happens within within the church with, that you serve. Sometimes a student pastor becomes a pastor, sometimes within the same church. Sometimes the associate pastor becomes the pastor within the same body of believers. Sometimes a student pastor goes to another church to become the pastor. Sometimes a pastor transitions back into into either student ministry or associate pastor staff work. Um... They're 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 all different. Um, lots of pastors who transition into denominational work either go to be a missions director of a county or an association, or they transition to their in Baptist work. We could transition to our uh, denominational's denominations or our conventions uh, board of directors or board of uh, ministry leadership, if you will. Uh, in Mississippi, we have the uh, Mississippi Baptist Convention Board. And we have the Baptist Building that is in Jackson, downtown Jackson, Mississippi. And um we there those guys are that that place is full of pastors. Um they are guys that have been in ministry for several decades that have transferred and, and that have transitioned into that role um and serve the Lord well there, equipping pastors, equipping churches to serve the Lord well, and they have done a uh, tremendous job in, in in a variety of ways at the Mississippi Baptist Convention Board in Jackson, and so and then of course you've got you guys that re- just go from pastorate to retirement. Um, they have served the Lord well, and they are happy to you know to finally take a step back. The Lord has led them to take a step back from full time vocational ministry to enjoy the the rest of their life with their spouse and enjoy their grandchildren and and simply just preaching in the pulpit. A lot of pastors that retire. Uh, simply uh, take on just preaching assignments. They fill in Sunday after Sunday for other pastors, or they maybe take on an interim role in retirement, uh, very short term, sometimes three, six or nine months, sometimes a year in retirement. Uh, But uh, they don't necessarily leave the ministry. They just transition out of full-time assignment. And so these are the different ministry transitions that pastors go through. So, what what does it mean when when we do all these things, and and how, should we how should we take caution in in these uh, different uh, transitions? Well, when a pastor is or a minister is going from bi- being bi vocational to full time vocational, they need to be careful. They need to take caution to not necessarily transition uh, from part time to full time. You know, some t- you know. All ministries full-time, we are called to serve the Lord fully with our lives. And so if we're considered bivocational, yeah, we may have a pastorate and a a secular job, but that does not mean that one takes precedence over the other. Uh, It simply means that we serve adequately in both together as the Lord has called us. We are a pastor driving a school bus, working in a workplace, whether it's in a factory or somewhere else, and we're the pastor of the congregation that God has placed us over and to oversee and to under Shepherd and so um, we have to understand that they're not they're not necessarily part-time full-time they are actually full-time in themselves but yet they are just simply you know classified by vocational or part-time based on monetary means um, that, that's another point we're going to bring up here in a minute. don't don't just transition for money. Um, the Lord's going to take care of you if he has called you to serve in the pastorate he's going to take care of you okay? So let's just kind of keep going with this. Um, so be careful. Um, bivocational to full time or vocational is not necessarily part time to full time. You're always full time. You're just simply uh, you're just simply being able to give yourself totally to uh, the work of the church. Um, but still, our lives are completely engulfed with our calling to be pastors. Um, typical bivocational uh, types uh, that you would have within a church. Um, a lot of churches have part-time student minister. Here where I am at Oakhurst in Clarksdale, our student minister, is, is he's bivocational. We call him part-time or whatever. The reality is, is he's bivocational. He is a, a baseball coach at our lo- one of our local schools, and he is also our student minister. And so he is bivocational. He is a, gets a part-time salary, but he also has another means of income, another job. But he considers himself a minister in both areas, and I encourage him to, to live that way and to, uh, to influence students that way in his life and as a teacher or coach and as a, as a minister of the gospel. Um, th- there are denominational positions that are bivocational. Uh, I have a pastor friend um, in, uh, uh, in North Mississippi that is a, uh, he's a, he's a bivocational or part-time, however you want to label it, nonetheless, uh, but he is a bivocational association missions director. Um, that is a, consider, that's a part-time paying job in that county. The county is not really big enough to fund a full-time paying position. So he does not devote all of his time to that job. But he is the pastor, full-time pastor, the vocational pastor of, a, of a, the local church there where he serves in that association. And so he does both. He is the pastor and the association missions director. Uh, and again, also we're talking about my vocational. I did this. Um, I was uh, I was a school bus driver and a student minister and associate pastor, as well as a pastor, senior pastor. I, I pastored a church and drove a school bus, and I was an associate pastor, minister of uh, music and students, and drove a school bus, as well as did college ministry with the Baptist Student Union at Holmes Community College. So, again. Bivo, trivo, whatever you want to call it, they just simply are positions that we take alongside of one another and serve the Lord in that ministry. Sometimes they are transitional. Sometimes they are not. Sometimes they are just simply another task that we take on because the Lord has led us to it. And um, we take that on with our lives because our lives and who we are in Christ as called men of God, we serve with our life. Um, to the lord as we have given unto him so from bivo to vocational is not necessarily a a full-on transition of just part-time full-time but you could be going from one bivocational ministry to the next you could be going from you could you could go a bivocational pastor could move to another church that is bivocational and you continue to have to have a secular work there are lots of pastors in the history of our nation and even in baptist history that did nothing but bivocational work. And they impacted communities and towns and schools and churches with great, great work. And uh, and so they had served, have served greatly. Uh, one, there is an award that the Mississippi Baptists hand out every single year at our convention, and it is the Bivocational Pastor of the Year. We, we give that reward based on the body of work and the ministry and the nomination that we were given. Uh, the convention board uh, awards that to a pastor who has pretty much given his life to bivocational ministry and has served in an extended time and extended in that capacity. And so bivocational work's good work. Don't be afraid to go to a church and you may get part-time pay and you have to work a full-time job to support your family, but bivocational work is rewarding. I will say that it is very rewarding. You're out in the community, you're around sinners, lost people, you're around secular people, and you're there in the midst of the work of the field. And that where you are is where your field is. And even if they're even if they not near your church, they may not live where you serve in the church. But that does not mean that you're not called to, to share the gospel with them in your workplace as the pastor, as a pastor. Some typical transitions, though, but uh, student ministers tend to transition to become senior pastors. Uh, student ministers... Uh, or or, uh, graduates from seminary tend to go to student ministry, some to pastorates. Um, There are even other transitions that happen that some are working secular jobs, they have a call to ministry, and they transition to the pastorate. I I know of a a pastor in South Mississippi. He worked in the oil field for, I think, nearly 20 years and felt the call of the Lord to to serve his life, to give his life to vocational ministry in the church. (laughs) He went from working on an oil rig, making six figures a year, to making half that, serving as a pastor full-time. And God has truly blessed his ministry. He has realized a call on his life. Um, so, again, we transition based on God's call. And it's important to understand that as we are his servants. Um, and so i just encourage you with that so we go from bivocational vocational it could be part time full time it's not necessarily that fully but uh some of us transition in different ways you can go from bivocational, bi-vocational bi-vo to bivocational bivocational to full time full time to bivocational um either way it goes you know student minister to pastor and it still could be bivocational nonetheless we do make those transitions um another thing too i, I touched on this with the graduation um graduation is again is a legitimate reason to transition to vocational ministry from bivocational. a lot of bivocational student ministers are full-time in seminary and they're just simply serving at a church to gain experience so that they can move in move to the next place that the lord would have them but remember it's not about just moving on to make a better salary or to go to that next big next step you know next step up to the stepping stone of being a of making more money, or so on and so forth, or having a more powerful position, you could graduate seminary and feel like the Lord wants you to stay where you're planted. Do it if that's what God desires for you to do. Do it. Follow that call. Um, another thing too, don't rush to make a transition. That's part of that as well. Don't make. Don't rush that. Don't. Don't. Uh, don't do it again for reasons of money. Or maybe you're tired of balancing academics and family and ministry and other demands. Again, if God has planted you there, stay there. Don't just go because the other pastures are greener. Uh, That doesn't mean that it's actually going to be good for your ministry and for your family. Um, Think carefully about what's going to occur next. You know, are you going to? You've gained. You've you've earned your bachelor's degree from seminary. Are you going to? Go after your master's. Well, if you're going to go after your master's, it's best to stay where you are. Um, You can continue in this routine of academics and ministry. Um, If not, you want to step on out the ministry, gain that experience, and pursue your master's later, maybe it is time for you to transition. Nonetheless, it really all depends on the situation you're in and how God is leading you through that. So don't just, again, don't just transition to transition. Transition because the Lord's leading you. And stay because the Lord's leading you. It's all based on that call. Um, uh, Just another suggestion, some more suggestions in transitioning from, uh, uh, you know, maybe you're transitioning from non-ministry to ministry. Uh, Do so to fulfill your ministry calling. Okay, do so. Do it. I know it's going to be hard to pay bills. Your wife may have to take a a job too. Maybe she's not working. You you have... uh, you know, a nice income, your wife doesn't have to work. God will provide. He'll care for you. And on top of that, He'll provide a way that if your wife has to work, He'll provide a place for her to, to work, uh, to fulfill that need. Um, He'll fulfill your needs financially. And it, but, but at the same time, you need to be ready for it. You need to be mentally ready for it, spiritually ready for it, financially ready for it. Have savings. Uh, take a lesson from a guy that doesn't save very much money Save your funds if you know that you're going to transition into ministry, especially from a secular job. Um, be ready relationally. Talk to people who you know and you love that can help you. That are spiritually mature to help you in this transition. And that will understand the move that you're about to make from a secular job to uh, a ministry job. And, uh, and and again, be emotionally ready. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. The church is a wonderful place. But yet it's also full of sinners, and we have to understand that and be ready for that. Uh, be ready to accept a change in perception and relationship with church members. You know, you you could have been in a Sunday school class and in your church, and things were well involved in the men's ministry, and you transition to become a pastor of a church, and it's nothing like you've experienced before as just a member of a Sunday school class and a part of a men's ministry. You're having to deal with the policy side of it. You're having to deal with deacons and you're having to, I say deal, you're having to work with deacons. You're having to uh, work alongside other ministry leaders in the church, whether it be of committee heads and uh, student minister or associate pastor or minister music, you know, all these things, be ready for that change. And and your perception is going to change a little bit uh, because you're now seeing a different side of how things work in the local church. Um, again, Learn to be ready for all of this. Prepare yourself. Pray for it. Pray over it. Ask the Lord for guidance in it. Again, if you don't know if the Lord's calling you to it, then why why pursue it? But if God is, pray over it. Pray for it. Ask Him for guidance and seek His Word in that guidance and know that He has planted you and has called you appropriately in that calling. Um, So uh, I just want to encourage you with that. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and uh, I'll come right back. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come right back. We'll continue in this to talk about ministry transitions. And and next, we're going to talk about going from one church to the next. So, we've talked about the different reasons you transition, the ways that you transition, the different uh, uh, positions of transition, bivocational, vocational, even from secular to vocational ministry. Next, we're going to talk about from one church to the next. And so, uh, don't go away. Stay right here. We'll be right back. This is the Ministry Mashup. Pastor Mark here, and I'm excited to welcome you and, and invite you to Oakhurst Baptist Church here in Clarksdale, Mississippi. We have service every single Sunday. Sunday school is at 9.45 a.m. Worship is at 10.50 a.m. in the morning times and 6 p.m. in the evening times. And we'd love to have you each and every week here at Oakhurst Baptist Church. Welcome back to the Ministry Mashup. We're going to continue talking about ministry transitions. And uh, the next piece we're going to talk about is transitioning from one church to the next. Uh, I, I told you earlier that I have lots of experience in transitioning from one church to the next. Well, um, needless to say, uh, these, these are things, everybody's ministry is different, I guess. I, I, You know, I always want to be in one place for a long time. Uh, but that does not necessarily mean that you are, you will be, and that was what the Lord has for you. But we do transition; we uh, we do go from job to job or position to position in the church. Um, but most likely, we do so from one church to the next. Most pastors transition not necessarily from student minister to pastor in the same church. Most pastors transition from student minister, or associate pastor, or even minister of music, for that matter to the pastorate itself, to the senior pastor role, from one church to the next. Um, This is just simply how it has been. I I don't know why. I don't have any research in that. Um, I, I probably would have been better off finding that research for you, to give it to you today. I don't know. I don't know if this is something that Lifeway has researched, but... There are churches that transition their student pastor or associate pastor or ministry music, whoever, to the pastorate. It happens. Matter of fact, I, I I know of another pastor. Again, I have connections. I know of another pastor in South Mississippi. This past year, there he was a student pastor of the church, and they um they had a pastor search committee searching for um their next pastor and. One candidate after another, just could not were not conclusive and on their next pastor, and they never felt at peace or believed the Lord was calling that one pastor that one person to that one man to be their pastor and and so the whole time their pastor was sitting right under their nose, and it was their student pastor. and so they uh, talked to their student pastor and they uh, they talked to him and uh interviewed him and prayed with him uh informed the church prayed with the church prayed some more as a ser- search committee sought out their student pastor again and he prayed about it and god led him to the pastoring now i don't know if that's the exact story but i'm sure that's how the process somewhat may have went uh, the the search committees of of churches if they have been appropriately assigned and if they have taken their duty seriously as a call on the, of the on their life from the Lord in the church, then they will have done these things. They will have prayed fervently, sought the Lord in it, sought the Word, uh, and prayed with the candidates um, and prayed with one another, and uh, to really see who God has for them as their next pastor, even their next student minister or next youth, uh, next uh, minister in music or associate pastor. Nonetheless, most of us transition to these certain roles or offices from one church to the next. I'll give me another interesting situation. This is not very common, uh, but my pastor in Coffeyville, when I was there, he grew up in that church. He grew up in that church. He attended that church from the moment he was seven, uh, 13, from the time he was 13, and I I say he grew up i mean he became a a young man to a to an adult in that church but he transitioned he uh uh, started going to church there at the age of 13. um he got married in that church um, and uh became a deacon in that church served as a deacon served as the chairman of deacons in that church uh, felt the call of the Lord on his life to become the student minister in that church. And then eventually they same scenario, as I described to you earlier, search committee interviewed one man after another, just could not find who the Lord has for them to be their pastor. And they went to him and they had prayed about it and they all felt the same way. And they went to him and said, we feel like the Lord is leading you and leading us to you as our next pastor. Will you pray about this? And he was like, I don't know about this now. Are you, are you kidding? He's a student minister. Okay. And so to finish a long story, um, he f- believed the Lord was calling him to be the pastor there, and he has now been there since. And he continues to stay in that church. That That is a beautiful situation in that church. Um, that that Those people trust him. You talk about a pastor wanting his people to trust him as their shepherd. They trust this man. They love this man. He guides them and he loves them deeply, and and uh, it, it's just a beautiful picture of of the Lord working mightily in a in a church, and so and working in that, and one man leading him to that position and uh, grooming him to become uh, maturing him to become the under shepherd of the Lord's church. So we typically transition from one church to another. There are some instances that that does not necessarily occur, however, it it this is mostly how this uh, this happens. Um, there's a few things though you need to remember. Always remember that changing churches is like trading one used car for another used car. Um, I am not—I'm not, not going to take credit for that quote. Uh, uh, that's something I read here not long ago, uh, but that is so true. Um, changing churches is—we're working with people. <laughs> Each church is going to have their imperfections and is going to have their issues. Don't think that because you're going from student minister to pastor that everything is going to be all rosy. That's not the case. Don't think because you're leaving a church as the pastor going to the next church as the same, in the same role or as an associate pastor that you're going to be able to run from those problems. That, that's not how this works. We're working and serving with and loving and caring for people. And people are broken. And we are full of sin. And I say we, so are the pastors that serve these churches. We are broken. and That's why we need the Lord Jesus. And that's why when I said earlier that if you are where you are, do your best to stay where you are. Let the Lord use you. Take it from me who has transitioned over and over. Not in this, Yes, I've had a time where I may have ran. Uh, I had a time where I just didn't like it. And I wanted to leave. The, the, the thing is, is, it's not about us, guys. It's not about us. Um, and we have to seek the Lord in that and make sure. Does some transition every two to three, four years? Yeah. Is it of genuine calling of the Lord? That's between them and, the, them and the Lord. Just it is between me and the Lord as well. And so, so I, I just caution you with that. Just remember, changing churches is like ch- ch- you know just trading one used car for the next. Um, it's not necessarily a bad, not, I mean, that's not necessarily a, a great um, description, analogy, whatever you want to call it. The reality is, is churches have imperfections, and one's not going to be better than the other. We're all full of people who trying to, sinful people trying to serve the perfect Savior. Again, some more cautions. Only transition when called by the Lord. I said that earlier. Uh, if the Lord is leading you to it, and He reveals it to you in Scripture, you better do it. Don't let money or church size be the reason to change. Don't go to a church just because it's bigger and you're going to get a bigger salary. Now, if that's where the Lord is leading you and those are the blessings that he wants to give you, to provide for you, praise God. But it's not about the money or about having a bunch of members. Okay, The more people we shepherd, the more we're responsible for. Just remember that. What's changing to leave church and ministry problems? I just addressed that a minute ago. Don't leave just because you're tired of the issues. Look, we all get tired of the problems. The Lord has planted us here to help solve them and to help work through them. Moderate excitement about your new church when still at your present church. Yes, we all get excited about our new assignment. Be careful how you're excited around the church you're serving, that you're leaving from. You can really break some hearts. You can really break some hearts. And sometimes they're caught by surprise. And it's going to hurt because they have spent time loving you, caring for you. They've helped pay for your moving expenses. They've, helped, uh, they, they've given you a house. If there's a parsonage, you've lived in the parsonage, in the staff house. They've cared for you, brought you there, all these things. Don't rub it in their face. You may be parting on bad terms. Don't make it worse as you leave. You may be parting on good terms. Don't break their heart. Be moderate about it. Be be kind about it. Be be very mature about it Um, because they are as invested as you are. Um and also don't fail to grieve with the church being left. It's gonna hurt. I, I cannot tell you a time that I have not wept. Excuse me, I can tell you of every time that I have wept or wept. I can't say more words today. Have wept over leaving a church. It hurts. You're investing in people and you're giving time and you're give, sharing love with people and, and all these things. You just you you're, you you're fully invested. And if the Lord is calling you to it, it's gonna hurt. If it's if it's you're leaving on bad terms, it's still gonna hurt. You might be angry, but it's gonna hurt. So don't don't fail to grieve with them being that, that, that you're leaving behind. A church that you're leaving behind is because it does a chapter does close and a new one is starting to begin. So again. Be mindful about how you transition from one ministry to the next, especially one church to another. Um, here's some suggestions about you leaving a church, especially as pastor. Um, I have always published a letter of resignation. Always. Um, I have always made it available. Uh, I have always let the church leaders, deacons, and staff know first so that they're not caught off guard um the last church I served in Coffeeville when I believed the Lord was calling me back to the pastor and I went to my pastor. And I was mentally and spiritually prepared to t- for him to tell me that if you're ready to leave then just go ahead and leave. We were not on bad terms, but I was just ready for that. I mean I can understand him being upset about it. but no, he understood the call of God on our lives. he he, he got it. Because it was new to him, and he was figuring it all out, too. And and he he loved the fact that God was calling another pastor uh, to that role, another man to that role, and, and was restoring that to him, which was my case. God was restoring back to me the pastorate. Um, and so publish that letter of resignation. You know, let it be public. It's not going to kill anything. It's not going to hurt anything um it's going to show cause and reason of why you're leaving it's going to help heal some hurt it's going to um it, it, yet it may make some some angry they may not understand nonetheless it's best for you to do so be open basically the understanding of this is to be open with the people um express love and appreciation in that letter to everyone even if you didn't get along with a few folks um And then also make sure people know, the right people know when you're expecting to leave and and where you're going. It's important that they know that so they can pray for you. Yeah, even the folks, even if you're leaving on bad terms and the church you didn't get along with and the people that you didn't get along with, deep down they still want to pray for you because they know how important it is that the church have pastors and that the church is shepherded appropriately. So these are, these are things that are important in that letter of resignation. Another thing here that I would also like to make mention of is, um, it, and I said church leaders, you know, part of that church leadership, maybe your church is, uh, is deacon-led. Um, that's your church leadership. Um, you know, uh, maybe uh, it's deacon, more, more deacon-served and committee-run, committee-led. Your personnel committee needs to have that in hand. Um, and then, of course, you need to let your staff know as soon as possible um they need to know so they can prepare for your absence of leadership especially if you're the pastor um you know student minister both guys can kind of pick up the slack uh committee can kind of pick up the slack but as pastor they need to know how they can lead in your absence until the new guy comes and like make sure they know and then of course your church family as a whole um so they can pray for you it's very important uh, prepare the church for your leaving. That's another thing. Now, I, I, I have practiced this to an extent. Um, you know, uh, uh, one thing that I have here that, that, that I'm using today says to prepare a turnover folder. Um, I've never really done this except when I left one student ministry to the next. And um, because I left it for my committee. Uh, and, and I did that. I did that twice. I did that twice. When I, I left one student ministry in South Mississippi for the next. And um, I did. I left a folder for one committee. And then when I left the second one, when I left to go to my first pastorate, I left them everything that they needed to serve those students when I left in my absence. And so that's a good practice. Um, we should probably do it more. It would help our church leadership, deacons and staff, and even the interim pastor, the new pastor to come if you're leaving pastorates, um, going to the pastorate. Um, encourage the church leaders, deacons, staff, and church family publicly. You know, Make sure that they know that. Send them encouragement letters as you leave. Uh, address it from the pulpit if you need to, or, or maybe go to families that you've built relationships with, that you've gotten close with. Go to them. My wife and I have done that in our past ministry when we left from, a pastorate to a pastorate um, there's a family that we got close to and uh, when we found out that we were leaving it was for sure um, and and um, we knew that all it was left really the vote to to occur we went straight to them because we knew how much it meant to them and uh, we have continued that friendship until this day and uh, we are still very good friends and and um, we we keep in contact and we are rather close um, and then of course Guide the church about calling on you in the future and being ready for someone different. You know, if the church needs you to uh, to come back and preach a homecoming, or maybe uh, uh, if they, they need someone just to fill the pulpit and you have some vacation time to take, you know, if especially if you're leaving on good terms, continue to have that relationship. Um, you don't necessarily have to close the door and just walk away. Um, now, of course, if you're leaving on bad terms, that may be a whole other situation. Um, Sometimes it's best to give that church the space that it needs, and you have the space here as well. But nonetheless, um, make sure you leave on good terms as best as possible. And you do everything on your end to make sure that there isn't such a void left, but that there's direction and you're still leading as you leave. That's mainly for the pastorate. Uh, Another understanding, I kind of talked a little bit about this as a student minister, but what about a staff person leaving? Um, Again, same situation. Publish a letter of resignation, similar to that of a pastor. But here's the caveat to that Um, make sure it's to your pastor first. He is your supervisor, he is your pastor, he is your shepherd. He is the one leading you as a staff member. He is the one you're spending time with in prayer and staff meetings. He needs to know first. He does not need to be caught off guard. How can he give you a good recommendation on how you serve the church with a church that's wanting to call you as their next student minister or minister of music or associate pastor? How can he give you a good recommendation? If you won't even tell him that you're leaving or you're thinking about leaving. Or you're praying about leaving. You can't hide that from him. You need to be open with the pastor. You need to be open with your pastor and let him know. That's why I went right to my pastor in my last last transition. I went straight to him. And and I I was ready, again, mentally, spiritually, for what he could have said. But I went straight to him and I said, here's what's going on in my life. Here's where I feel the Lord is leading us. It's confer- He's confirming it with his word and scripture. Can you pray with me about it? And he said, absolutely. Let me pray with you. And, and so we prayed together. We stayed praying together until that time came. And I was open with this transition with my church, too. And they took it wholeheartedly. And they knew that God had that on my life. And that they didn't. there was no resentment. There was no, no anger. It's amazing what happens when we're transparent with the people of God and they understand the calling of God on our lives. and that happens too though, <laughs> with spiritually mature people. There were some that didn't understand it, but there were others that that, that mostly most there were most of those that did and they got it and they, um, i did never acted insubordinately either. Don't don't act insubordinately. Don't go pursue a new position, especially student ministry to student ministry if there's some issues between you and the pastor or other leadership. Don't don't pursue it insubordinately. Again, go to your pastor. He needs to know about these things. And then, of course, the same issue. Prepare the church for your leaving. Let If you have a youth committee or a team of some kind, give them information that they need to help with this transition. They're going to need, those students are going to need leadership. That choir is going to need leadership. That, that discipleship group that you're over, that, that discipleship ministry that you're leading as associate pastor, they're going to need leadership, and there's going to be a void there, and so they need to know how to fill that void until someone else is called. Um, encourage them too, and, and let them know that that the Lord is going to bring someone new for them to serve. And um, as I said, also about personnel committee, the you that letter that resignation letter needs to go to your pastor, and then it needs to go straight to the personnel committee, and uh, and then. Uh, that when they determine the time for you to resign is appropriate uh, based on your next assignment or the next calling that you have, then then you resign publicly. Uh, but um, these are these are important things to remember. Um, it's going to help transitions be smooth. It's not going to make them any easier though. It's going to make them smoother, but not necessarily easier. Transitions never never easy, uh, especially when you're leaving one church to go to the next, either it's staff or pastor. Because again, you have so much invested, so much invested in that. Um, What about this though? Maybe you're thinking, well, what if I'm a pastor and I feel led back to staff? That's okay. That's a typical transition. That happens a lot. It happened with me. I went from a pastor back to staff. Nothing wrong with that at all. I have a good friend of mine uh, he actually uh, performed, my wife and I performed our wedding, our, our wedding ceremony. He went from being a pastor to a student minister to a pastor and back to student ministry. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, there's some guys that go to the pastorate and they're there for a little while. And they they go back to staff, maybe associate pastor, decide doing discipleship or missions or evangelism, whatnot, on, in a larger church. It's no big deal. Um, it happens a lot. And, and it's okay for it to happen. Staff to pastor, happens all the time. I will say, though, that I feel like it is viewed inappropriately as a stepping stone. There is not a position in the church leadership that is a stepping stone to become the pastor. Okay, Either God is preparing you for that and using that process, or using that as the process to prepare you for the pastorate, or you're either called to the pastorate, or you're either called to staff some people just are not some some guys are just not equipped spiritually or mentally or even with their talents to lead as the senior pastor some guys are multi-talented they can serve in any any capacity they can serve in any capacity they can be the pastor they can be associate pastor they're they're musically inclined, so they can do music. They can do students. They can do college. They can do young adults. They can do they can do senior adults. Some guys are just multi-talented. They're well gifted. Some guys are not, and that's okay. So just know that you're not you 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 don't have to do it all. You you can go from one place to the next based on the Lord's call. So th- and that's okay. That's okay. So again, typical transitions. From staff type position to pastor, from position, from pastor to staff type happens all the time. Uh, but also, when changing, what about when changing? Okay, so, you know, this happens all the time, but what about when I need to change, when I change? Why should I change in these positions, especially from staff to pastor? Well, you don't need to do it for the money. Because I can tell you, there are pastors that make way less than a lot of student ministers. I can tell you that right now. Um there are bivocational pastors that make barely twenty thousand a year, yet serve faithfully in their church because the Lord's called them to that to it. There are pastors who 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 make forty thousand a year and that's just not cutting the bills or doing all they can or squeaking by but then there's a student minister two or three towns away in a large church that's making double that or, or just over that or more than that. Just because you're in staff doesn't mean you make always make less than the pastor. That's not always the case, so it's not for more money. Either you're called to the pastorate to serve the church as the under-shepherd, or you're not. Um, don't transition either to just have more power. That's a huge mistake a lot of guys make. Just because you're the pastor doesn't give you more power. That is not the case at all. Most of our churches, as Southern Baptists, are congregationally led and deacon led as well. So you're not going to have just you're not just going to have power. There's no power. Okay, a lot of pastors have to moderate business meetings, so they don't even get to vote or give a vo- or, or give a echo a, you know give a voice in this, in some decisions that are made. Um, the pastor is an ex-officio to every committee in the church, the way a lot of our committee structure is set up. So that doesn't mean that you're going into a committee saying, this has to be done, this is the way I want it to be done. You don't have power. You're a servant leader. Yes, people will listen to you, but they will also listen in with good reason. Sometimes they're too hard-headed, but they listen in good reason. And if they don't feel that it's appropriate, they're going to tell you no. You might not like it, but they're going to tell you no. So don't transition just to have more power to the pastorate. But also, again, as I said a minute ago, transition due to your calling and your spiritual gifts. Again, you may have this be this guy that can sing and that can work with kids and students and senior adults. And you just take all got all these gifts. You have all these abilities. You preach well, you study well, you know what you're talking about. You serve well, you love the people, you love to you love to visit with folks and, and be in their homes or uh, just build relationships. Guys, if if you have a lot of this in your heart and in your mind, and you feel like you can serve the Lord in that capacity, you're probably being called to the pastorate. You relate well with every age group. That, that may be the case. And so you need to be praying about that. Uh, what about when changing from pastor to staff? Well, that can be hard. Remember, you've become, you're, you're the senior pastor. You've been there three, four years. And it's just, you got to make a transition. Something's gone wrong. You've got to move out. You've got to go on. you got to move on. Well, you need to recognize the need for it, number one. Um, recognize the need to transition due to a change in calling, health, or even your age. Maybe you need to transition to a staff position by vocationally because of your health. Or maybe you need to transition back to a staff position because you're not—you just—you're just, you're just simply not old enough. People aren't respecting you in your age. Um, I had that—I had that issue. I—I I, I don't necessarily have it now. I, I have a little bit sometimes. Well, you're just a young one. You're just a baby. I'm 33 and a half years old. And have two children. I've been married for 12 and a half years, so I'm not a baby. But to a lot of the elderly folks in your church, you are. <laughs> when You're young. Um, When I first took on, when I took on my first pastorate, I was 27. Um, The youngest person in my church at the time was 44. So there was difficulty in that, in that transition. Um, And so just, just be ready for that and and understand that. Um, And you may have to make a change due to that. Also think about the emotional impact. How will you feel not being the pastor anymore, not being in front? How will you feel being the one that you know doesn't make decisions for the church or with the church or lead in those decisions? Sometimes that's hard. We've we've gotten in this position, we feel like that this is our place to serve and we feel good about that, but now we've given it all up. So how will you deal with that? And also, what about your previous ministry experience? Were you a student minister? Were you somebody who uh, did these things? Were you a student minister who who had all these different talents, worked with kids and parents? Maybe you need to step back into that for a little while. It just really depends on what's going on in your life and in your ministry. For you to recognize that change and do so make that change in that transition due to the situation well we're coming to a close here on our podcast on our ministry mashup podcast and i hope i'm not being too boring this stuff is good information and i want to give you this information to help you And so, last but not least, I want to cover from church to denominational service. I'm just going to be honest. I have no experience in this area. Um, So I'm not going to speak a whole lot on it. However, I will say this. Um, Be sure that your call to the local church and service in the local church, that God is finished with you there sure um sometimes we sometimes we just we just want to get out of the local church and we pursue a bsu job or we pursue a, a, a denominational job or a, a associate you know a, a amd job good i'm not having to deal with deacons and this and, that and the other no, but now you're having to deal with a whole association of churches or now you're having to deal with a, an advisory board that has opinions and they're trying to how, you, how the BSU should be directed. Or maybe you get to the convention board and you're in the midst of all of this experience. I mean, hundreds of years of experience of other pastors and you get down there and you're the cool dude, you're the one, you're the new guy and you can't wait to be part of this. And then you find out <laughs> you don't, you don't really make a whole lot of decisions. You just do what's on the calendar. Um be sure that's where you want to go and what God has, what the Lord has called you to. It could be also to missionary service. Don't just say I'm sick and tired of dealing with with committees and all this. I want to be on the field and go through IMB and journeyman a journeyman or IMB training or, or NAM training, and you go and you become a, a NAM missionary or an IMB missionary. Halfway around the world, or in another country on this in in, in, the, in North America, and that's not where God needed you, or God desired for you, or wanted you. And all of a sudden, you find yourself. I've got to get back into church. So, be careful. Be careful. Ministry transitions are necessary at times. Um, they're very necessary. Yet at the same time, they're not. Sometimes we just have to get past our own flesh. We have to get past our own flesh and our own own desires and our own wants so that the Lord not only can use us, but that we can see that we're being used by the Lord. So, you know, guys, as we go through this in the next few weeks and as we go through this tonight and going through this tonight, we go through it next week. and As we look at this, you know, evaluate where you are. Maybe you're a pastor. You've been in a pastorate for a certain place for, let's say, four years. Things are good. They're steady. They're solid. Mind you, we've had COVID, but things are okay. Things have come back in order a little bit. Um, Evaluate where you are. How did the church respond to your leadership during COVID? How, How did you respond? How are you leading now? Are you leading differently? Are your desires differently? Do you desire to lead as you were? Or do you desire to do anything different? Where are you at? How are you doing? Ask these questions, and examine it from Scripture. How are you serving well? Are you are you serving well? Are you are you doing what the Lord has called you to do? Are you studying well? Are you preaching well? Are you pastoring well? How's your prayer life? How's your quiet time? Do you have, have you developed some bad habits? that need to be changed. Have you lost some trust? Have you gained some trust? All these things are questions that we can ask within our ministry context and determine if we stay where we're planted or maybe it's time to move. What about your family? How are things happening with your family? How's your wife dealing with it? Has she gone through some stuff with some other churches, church members? How is she doing? Maybe you need to lead her in how to reconcile some of that if it's not good. What about your kids? How are they dealing with it? Are they fitting in? Are they realizing that that they're that they're there to serve the Lord? Are they having a hard time relating to others. While you shouldn't determine your transition on your family, you need to make sure that your family is okay. Take a lesson from William Carey. I don't know if I've shared this before on this podcast, but take a lesson from William Carey. You're probably thinking, William Carey, the father of modern missions, why do we need to take a lesson from him? Because he went on mission... At Andrew Fuller's expense, of course. And did not consult his wife. He did not consult his wife. He got home from that meeting to go to India. Told his wife, pack her bags, we're getting on the ship tomorrow. What? Jumped on a ship. Their only child at the time. Their son got to India, died. His wife was heartbroken. William Carey didn't see it. He was too focused on the ministry at hand. His wife later died. Guys, don't lose your family because of your ministry. Your ministry is not the most important thing in your life. God's call to serve him is in your first mission field is your family. Your first pastorate is your family. Your first line of service is your family. And make sure your family comes before your church. I understand there's things to do, there's things there's people to take care of. I get it. Don't put your family on the back burner. Take it from a guy who did. Take it from a guy who did not put his wife and new baby daughter before everyone else and bow to the cowering of a church demanding him to be in certain places, one of them being at a certain event on the evening that he came home with his daughter the day she got out of the NICU from the hospital. You got home from that event at 11 o'clock that night and you come home to your wife weeping. And you ask your wife, sweetheart, what's wrong? Why can't we be first? What do you mean? I take care of you. I love you. Yes, you take care of me. Yes, you love me. But we got home with our baby daughter after six weeks in the NICU. We needed you today. I was with you all day. No, we needed you today. Why did you go to that event? Well, I needed to be there more than us. Don't ever be in that situation, guys. I am thankful the Lord showed us, showed, showed, brought us grace in that and reconciliation. And you can ask my wife now. My ministry is hard, and it has a lot of demands. You can ask my wife right now. Does Mark put his wife? Does he? Does he put you before the church? And she's going to tell you yes. If my wife has an issue and needs me, I'm going to pick up and I'm going to go. Remember that. You cannot serve the Lord adequately unless you're managing your household. How can one manage God's household? if he cannot manage his own. That's not just about your children. That's about caring for your family first. Thank you for tuning into the ministry mashup today. I appreciate you so much. It's glad to be back. I'm glad to be back on the podcast and glad to get this thing rocking and rolling again. It's been a long episode. The next couple are going to be long, but I appreciate you so much. It's been a great day on here. Have a great afternoon. Have a great evening. Have a great morning. Maybe you're listening to this on your drive to work. Uh, Don't get too sidetracked and don't get too caught in it. Thank you so much. It's a great day. Thank you for listening. This is the Ministry Mashup.